You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. It's our wrap of day two from Headingley. The test is delicately poised with Australia leading England by 142 runs with six wickets in hand. Another phenomenal day's cricket. I've got two guests to wrap it up with me. Joining me is Sharbal Corey from Crickbog, Crickblog, who you've met before on the show. Sharbal, welcome back. How are you? I'm good, Menace. Thanks for having me, mate. How are you battling through these late nights with the Ashes? Yeah, doing okay, but the problem is the the little 18-month-old 18 wants to get up at 6.30 in the morning, so you lose a bit of sleep in the morning. It doesn't help. <laughs> uh, well, you're battling through. Thanks for joining me. And, of no course, uh, the original co-host from this podcast, journalist James McSmith, affectionately known as Macca. Macca, how are you? Oh, good day, Menace. It's a pleasure to be here, mate. Thanks for having me. A bit of a late night, but I'm feeling fine. Good, good, good. Well, we've got a lot to talk about. England started the day with seven wickets in hand and were reduced to 237 all out with Pat Cummins taking a stunning six for 91. And then in reply, Australia battled to four for 116 with the crucial wickets of Smith, Labuschagne and Kawaja going just before stumps, leaving Australia in a precarious position with the the figure of Ben Stokes looming in the fourth innings run chase. <laughs> but let's start with the beginning of play, Sharbal. I'll start with you. Yeah. Very good session for Australia in the morning. Um, they took four wickets, and, and at that stage, it looked like they were going to grab control of the match. It looked like it, mate. And it was perfect start getting Root early and um, and, and Besto, the shot that he played against the spirit of cricket by Smith to take that catch, by the way. Um, but I, for me, Besto looks... He looks distracted. He really does. So Australia took advantage of that. I thought Bob beautifully in that first session, but with a lot of intent, I thought Boland was unlucky not to get a wicket as well. Um, well, he had that one off Stokes where... Very close. Would, if if Very the umpire close. gives it out and it's reviewed, it's upheld. I mean, yep. only inches in it. Yep, absolutely. So I thought overall as a unit, 
uh, the Aussies bowled beautifully in that first session. And then I think we'll, we'll touch on it, maybe lost a bit of control in that second session and then in the final session as well. But yeah, great start. Um, and I think Cummins has got Root's number as well. That's 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 another thing to keep an eye out for for the rest of this game, the run chase, and then in the series too. I think that's nine times he's dismissed him in Test cricket. He's got him in that corridor again. So now it was a great first session from the Aussies. What did you think, Macker? Australia um, had England seven for one forty-two at lunch and looked to be running away with it. Matters, I can't help but think again, Australia's just lost a great chance to really, yep. you know go for the jugular to really, you know, dominate this test like they could have the last one. And as you said, it's now delicately poised on a knife edge, isn't it? And I just wonder why we didn't, why we haven't had that killer instinct, both with the bat. And I know obviously we bat, I'm sorry, bowled well. Cummins was fantastic, but, you know, we really should have shut them down for a lot. You know, we kind of let them get away there at the end, didn't we? And then with the bat, like you mentioned, at the end of the day, we just didn't really press the advantage. I just, I just don't know why they... Are we lacking that killer instinct? Is it yeah. is it fair to say England are good at fighting back? I, I just can't help but think it's a sort of missed opportunity. Obviously, the game's still very much in the balance, of course. It's not won and lost at all. But I just really think Australia should have really dominated the whole day and had the opportunity to do so, but didn't take it. Well, I mean, there's the key the key phase straight after the lunch break. We get Wokes last ball before lunch, effectively. Wood comes out. Straight away we go short to him. Completely abandoned conventional wisdom, which would be line and length, top of off, couple of good Yorkers, get him caught in the cordon. Instead, we go short and he smashes, what, 24 yeah. off just eight deliveries with three sixes and one four. And all of a sudden, the, the scoring rate goes straight up. And I, I know he didn't he, he didn't make too many wood, and they got him out playing a big shot. But that was twenty four gifted runs, which could be vital in the match. And I think it just showed. I don't know why we went short to the tail straight away, even when Broad came out. I know he got out hooking, but it just felt to me we kind of lost control a bit. And um, I agree with you. We didn't put the foot on the throat. There was also a couple of drop chances. I mean, Murphy and Stark. Both dropped tough chances off Murphy, um, off yep. Stokes. So, I mean, to me, it was just uh, a bit sloppy at the end there. Yeah, 100%. And I think it was a bit of the same at Lords. Is like when sort of England starts to get going, we don't know what to do in a way. Um, and, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't see why we'd go short. We'd back our line and length and because we did that so well in the first session and we changed it up completely. And I had a go at actually the England tail yesterday. Um, I was actually worried about Stokes. And if, if someone stays in with him rather than swinging themselves, England could have got a pretty handy lead there. So um, Australia have got, as again, England to thank for some brainless cricket on their part at times. Well, you're right. Uh, Broad yeah. threw it away. That was a good catch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all they got it. I mean, if Stokes bats a little bit, if, you know, he ran out of partners in the end, Ben Stokes. And yeah, it's someone who's hanging in with him. Mate, he was unstoppable, unstoppable at times there. So, yeah, yeah Chubb, I, I, was, I was thinking the same, mate. Like yeah. I, I thought, you know, I really was thinking, like I couldn't believe they, you know, whittled, really whittled down our lead. But then, you know, you think back to the days of when, you know, Steve Waugh was captain of Australia and the tail had to hold their own, and Gillespie yeah. and even McGrath batted, always batted like he was batting for his life. I, I just couldn't understand why, you know, Broad couldn't get, I know, I know he rarely does it. I know he's got a test hundred to his name, but why can't he get behind it, play a bit more sensibly? And that's why, yeah, when you talk about Presto being rattled, I think the Poms are just, they have been a bit mindless or their game sort of awareness hasn't been what it should be at times. Yep, agree. And I do think when the batting team comes at Australia hard, 
sometimes we look a bit flustered in the field. And I think, Absolutely. you know, we Agreed. were certainly at that point, Stokes had us, had us at his mercy. And you're right, you know, had Broad not tried to hit hit the ball out of the, the park, he probably could have st- stuck with Stokes like he did at Lords a bit longer and uh, England might have a lead. Glad they didn't know. Um, yep. So, so Murphy got the final wicket, Ben Stokes out for 80. I guess the one thing looking at the fourth innings is Ben Stokes and Ollie Robinson both look severely hampered at the crease. They both couldn't run by the end. Um, so whatever we set England, you know, how effective is Stokes going to be? He can't have a runner. Ollie Robinson's a walking wicket. So hopefully <laughs> if we can get that lead up around 250 plus, we should be okay. But yeah, at the end there, uh, the figures for Australia, Stark finished with two for 59. Murphy got Stokes. Um, he figured with finished with figures of one for 36. Took a bit of tap. I thought bowled okay. Um, I yeah. did think, though, you could tell he was a bit rattled when Stokes went at him. I think and that they they looked as though they'd, they'd, or they'd planned to go after him. You can understand that, can't He was under a bit of pressure coming in for the line. You can see they were always going to target him, and I think they did so successfully, yeah. And then the big one, though, Pat Cummins, six for 91. His ninth fifth wicket haul in test cricket. He now has 235 wickets at 21.84 at test level. Uh, a truly phenomenal bowler. And I actually yeah. thought that that was, you know, the, the the typical captain's innings that you might see with the bat, but with the ball. Yeah. I mean, he took Good the point, ball, man. he steamed in, he gave it everything he knew the team needed a decisive performance for one of its biggest players. And when you look at the wickets he got, yeah. you know, he got Duckett, Brook, Root, Moen Alley, Wood and Broad. I mean, it's a phenomenal performance from Cummins. And, um, yeah, six for 91. You know, I think, Macca, he's not the best on-field captain, but you have to say he does lead with the ball. He does, Matt. And I know we've spoken about this, how he can uh, let the game drift at times. And obviously he's got a lot on his shoulders. And I can't help but think the point we made before about sort of letting them back in it. You know, if if Steve Smith was skipper and, you know, was giving his his all in that respect while Cummins just had to worry about the ball, I can't help but again think that maybe with a few more judicious, uh, you know, field placements. And I just can't understand what it just seems to me we just play into Stokes' hands, you know, like you mentioned mm-hmm. With wood, like what can the fourth innings? Can we just start with a conventional field? You know, yeah. two or three slips in a gully. I, I, I don't, mate. I don't understand it. Charbel, like I, I just. Oh, I, I agree with it. you, mate, hundred percent. And 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 a lot of the time, giving some easy singles through point to the new batters, like Moen Ali. I remember one ball he was beaten beautifully by Boland, and then he gets off strike the next ball easily through point. It's just like those little things build the pressure yeah. when you can. Um. And also with Stokes, I feel the bowlers feed his strength. He loves to hit yep. over the yep. leg side, and they keep bowling in those areas. Go a bit Mate, wider just, to him. Yeah, yeah, just watching those highlights again this morning and some of those sixes he hit, he, he was just standing there and waiting for them and delivering. Yeah. I mean, of course, he's a special talent and not everybody can do that, but it just was like, mate, he just yeah. was waiting on it, you know? Exactly. You're feeding his strengths. You know, a bit more yeah. T20 bowling in those situations, not a bad thing either. Just go a yeah. little bit wider. 
um, and, and, you know, get a, get a cover in, get a, maybe a point in and try get him caught there. Try think about getting him out as well. Yeah, That's important. A bit more conventional. Yeah. I, mm. I think, you know, men has mentioned it before, like obviously uh, 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 fielding hasn't helped. I know he's kept a reasonably high standard, but obviously Smith's drop at Lords yeah. gave them a lot more sniff than they would have. And some of the fielding last night could have been better as well. So when we say we're not pressing, you know, put the foot on the throat. That's another reason why we're not. But again, it's good that we've been able to rebound and recover from those sort of misadventures. Yeah. And we're not nearly catching as badly as Butterfinger's best though is. So we've always <laughs> got to look good against that. Um, so straight bowl at England for 237. If you're England, I'm disappointed with some of the shots. I mean, Mo and Ali slogging at a short ball, Johnny Bairstow poking at a wide half volley. We talked about the tail. So they didn't bat very sensibly. But then Australia comes out just before tea, and it's the old story. Stuart Broad <laughs> got David Warner in the third set over. Set your phone Warner, to it. Your, I know. Set your watch to it. <laughs> 17 times he's got him now in Test cricket, three times this series twice in this match, Warner out for one off five, left Australia one for 11. I do not think Warner's position is in jeopardy now, considering he made some runs in the first two tests and the fact that we're two nil up. I think Warner will probably get to the SCG and retire at home. Macca, do you think Warner will make it that far? I, I, I guess, but I'm, it's I'm, I'm ambivalent here. I'm stuck in two minds. Like I think Warner's, he's, you know, he's obviously been a bit of a political, political animal throughout his career. And I know there's been a lot of pushback with this with Cricket Australia and the board, and there's been a lot of dramas there. But obviously, he got out, tried to get out in front of the, the issue, and said, "I want to retire at the SCG." And as we know, very, very, very few people, including Sir Donald Bradman, don't get to choose how they end. And I think he, you know, pride comes before a fall. There's a bit of hubris there, obviously, with Dave Warner, but. As we, you know, as you sort of mentioned before, there's no real alternative, and I always think that you know when it comes to a series like this, you, you, you pick and stick. You, you decide who your openers are for the series, and you stick with those guys. You don't have dropping them after three tests or two tests, anything like that. So I think you're right. He'll he'll stay at the end of Ashes, and he, and he probably will play through the SCG. And you know, given his record and the dearth of options, he probably deserves to. I just wonder once he's gone, will we have some issues in that opening position? Because we haven't had much of a succession plan. Yeah. Yeah, good point. I think we will, especially when you consider how well Kawaj has done. Shah, but where are you on Warner? Do you think he's going to make it? And I guess my disappointment around his dismissals in this test match is he's gone away from that positive intent we saw at Lords. He was just poking at the decent deliveries, but I think he's actually got to maybe take the leaf out of Mitch Marsh's book and actually go harder. Yeah. But do you think awesome, he'll make man. it? Oh. I think he went hard. I think the problem is he went hard at both deliveries in this test match. He pushed out too hard. Yeah, you mean you know when you talk about intent, you also talk about how well you're defending the ball and leaving the ball as well. Um, Mm, Steve always used to say that defend with positivity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the first things in particular, he pushed so hard at that ball, and that's that's a no no opening the batting in England. I'm I'm with I'm with uh, Macker on this. I think he will get through this series and and probably. We'll get through the home series as well. Good, I think um, you know his his home record is fantastic, and I think he will score runs at home against Pakistan. Um, but 
I think McGrath's record over Atherton is in danger. It's only there's only two more. There's only two more dismissals left to equal. <laughs> so, well, I mean, of course, you know, once again, it brings up like when you think of people who have absolutely hypnot bowlers who have absolutely hypnotised yeah. batsmen. That that comes to mind. Warren and Daryl Cullen and obviously come yeah. to mind. I think Warren bamboozled him so much that he didn't play any more tests. That's why he didn't face him anymore. But it's yeah. just out of this world. It's, it's like crazy. a snake, it's just ridiculous. snake charmer and his cobra, isn't it? It's just, I mean, I found it very interesting what Tubby Taylor said at, you know, at the, at the break interview after that dismissal. And he said he just was all at sea. He couldn't, you know, just to him, Warner looked completely out of sorts. And Exactly. And, 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 I mean, you know, then Tubby started to defend Warner and say, oh, well, he's our first slip. He's been catching well. Um, if we drop him, who's going to be at first slip? And I think if, you, if, if you're if you trying to justify his position in a team, you're really clutching for straws, aren't you? That's I'm true. Backing. Yeah. I'm just thinking, God, like... But, and you know, technically think... as well, like how, how he's, he's right back to a full delivery and playing the ball almost across it through mid-on. Um, so he's, yeah, and, you know, getting caught in the slips. Um, I, I, look, when you talk about who can replace him, could could Matt Renshaw be worse? I I still rate him. I still think he could. He's got potential. I think he'd be a good option for Australia. I, I, I think there's a player there. Maybe not to oh, Harris right right now. And Maybe I think he's been treated really badly by the yeah, selectors. I agree. Sure. They've could have backed him when he was a young kid, given him some confidence. Yeah. Instead, they pulled out the rug from him. So and they, you know, threw him in the middle order in India, where we all know that's a very difficult place mm. to bat, even for a specialist middle order player. Um, I still think there's a player there. I, I really I agree, do. Mate. Yeah. Um, but maybe well, not I, I think Harris. Now. I think Harris and Bancroft are the two lining up for the opening position, and clearly that's what the selectors think because they've kept Harris in the squad and sent Renshaw off to play some county cricket. So, but yeah, I think Warner will stay in there. So right. Warner goes early. Australia goes to T one for twenty nine, and this is when I um you might hear Mad Menace again. You won't hear it as bad <laughs> as you heard earlier this week, but. <laughs> Lava Shane works really hard to get to 33. Man. He gets dropped that's down the leg side. Mm. He gets dropped down the leg side just before getting out to Bairstow. Mm. Fumbles another one. You know, you know, chance 1000 goes down for Bairstow this series. And then Lava Shane, who, who didn't look like getting out of Moen Alley, swung across the line and hit it straight to deep mid-wicket and gifted Ali a wicket. That meant Australia was two for 68 after, you know, Labashane and Kawaja had worked really hard to get through some good English bowling. So Ali gets an annoying wicket. Labashane's 33, gone. And then Steve Smith comes out and tries to whip it over the leg side, hits it straight to mid-wicket. He's out for two. The score's three for 72, and all of a sudden, you know, two of our best batters are gone to Ali when he really, I mean, he said it in the press conference afterwards. They were gifts. I mean, Shabal, you can go first. I mean, disappointing in that situation. Maka spot on when we talk about Australia push, putting the foot on the throat and keeping it there. That's another example. Yeah. Um, in a good position, man. And uh, two of our premier players doing that. Oh, like for me, I know conditions in the last three days are a bit iffy with, with the clouds and the rain and all that. So it might suit bowling, but you need as many as you can get, particularly, I don't care if Stokes is injured. You need as many as you can get in that fourth innings to counter his threat in particular. But just, yeah, when, when you got the foot on the throat, you got the advantage. I think Australia, that's another example of really letting it slip, you know, unforced mistakes. And that's another worry for Marnus in particular, another start getting out. 
when he's looking okay. I thought that was the best he looked yesterday um, in the series. Mm. He looked, yeah, he looked quite, uh, quite composed. Jadiree did did has not scored a 50 in 16 innings, so he's obviously mm. in a bit of a slump. Yeah, so, so his average uh, last in December 2022, Marnus's average was just under 61. It's now dropping rapidly down. I think it's around 53 now. So he's performing unders what you'd expect from him. I do like the fact that when Marnus is not in form, he still battles away and gets a, a tough 30 or 40. I think yeah, that's yeah. sort of the David Boone type innings where you're not in great form, but you, yep. you stick out there. But I mean, yeah, frustrating that he got out for 33 in that situation. But Mez, I was just thinking last night, and I know this is common to a lot of bats, can be common to a lot of bats when they're scratching around for form. And obviously I mentioned Tubby Taylor before and his you know, lack of lack of a purple patch back in the day is only all time um, lack of purple patches. But I just thought, I just, and for me, Labashane, and speaking before the second test when he talks about, you know, I don't get out the balls leaving like that, I just think he's working too much on his game. I think he's thinking about everything too much. I think he's working mm. too hard as well. It just seems he's totally overwrought, overdoing things, over emotionally invested. And I think maybe that shot was an indication that he was just, totally you know burned out perhaps and i know he wasn't at the crease for six days or whatever but i just think you know yeah he's been concentrating and trying and concentrating on a million zillion things obviously he's changed around his technique a little bit i just think that's that's probably indicative of that ridiculous shot that he played well andrew mcdonald the australian coach said after play he felt labashane and smith actually were both dismissed due to the pressure of the game that that he felt that the crazy it's yes, probably just coming sure. out defending him in the public, you know. Yeah, I, I think yeah, that's a bit of a silly. Australia, comment, yeah. Australia were on the front foot in the game, really. Mm. You know, no, it's a good point. So that was also Moeen Ali's two hundredth wicket, two hundredth Test wicket. Um, so congratulations. Well, well, to him. I mean, the thing there is, I guess, and whether you say you know they threw their wickets away, I mean, it it, it justifies the selection of Ali, doesn't it? He's got two massive, massive wickets in the second innings of a game and brought England right back into it. So, mm. so what you know, all the crap that he's copped and it was an unusual selection, but paid off in that respect, hasn't it? And I flagged before the series, and you can go back to the Ashes preview, I said the annoying thing about Mo and Ali is he can he can get, like Australia can throw their wickets away to a spinner like him. Like he's just good enough to for us to expose, be exposed, like that he can hold up an end and he'll pl- play on our frustration. Uh, anyway, so just before stumps, um, Usman Khawaja was caught behind um, yes, Besso held on to one off the bowling of Wokes. Kawaja goes for 43. It's hard to criticize Kawaja with the series he's having. I mean, I thought that was a great knock. He was, he anchored one end. He played sensibly. He'll, he'll be as disappointed as anyone not to get through. He looked lazy, didn't it? Tired. Yeah. To me. Yeah, just Wokes, though, he's very good at just pushing the ball across those left handers, getting a hint of movement and, uh, Bairstow dove away to his left like he was trying to catch a meat pie or something and snaffle the catch. Um, So (laughs) Australia were four for 90 at that stage. The door was open. But then, I mean, who'd have thought that we'd be talking about Mitch Marsh as the saviour and, the you know, maybe the match hopes are riding on Mitch Marsh and Travis Head. Travis Head's 18, not out. Mitch Marsh, 17, not out. I mean, Macker, I'll start with you. Both exciting stroke players. I mean, the two hours to start play on the third day is going to be something to behold. It's going to be either you know, a lot of runs or a lot of wickets. 
Well, I think, you know, the vast, vast, vast majority of at least Aussie cricketers and maybe neutrals will, will want Mitch Marsh to score maybe another 100, won't they? Because he, he's obviously copped a lot of shit over a long, long time, a lot of it undeserved. And I, unfortunately, that's the world of social media that we live in these days. And, you know, you'd love to ignore it. And I think if I was Mitch Marsh, I would. But I guess you can't help but um, get to you. But, you know, it'd be a great redemptive story, wouldn't it? And, and I mean, that footage of him... Of old Swampy and um and the, and the families, well, well, that was just fantastic, wasn't yeah. it? Showed how much it meant to them, and you'd love to see um you'd love to see them get some runs, but at the same time, you know, it's been such a topsy turvy series. You could easily see, you know, it's it's probably going to go down to the wire again, isn't it? Yeah, who knows what will happen in that first session? Oh, I, don't, I don't know if I can take another really really close run chase. I, I think Australia, if they can get up to a lead of around 300 would be thrilled from here. And I think they can do it. I really think they can, you know, with Carey to come, Stark, Cummins. Uh, Warriors, I would... uh, Mark Wood against Lower mm. Order. They cleaned, they cleaned us up pretty quickly, didn't they, in that first innings after he's, the He's already injured probably. Oh, I mean, he's, he's, he's already injured. Like he's he's probably not going to be able to finish the Ashes. No, I'm, jo- I'm, 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 I'm not joking. I think there was reports coming out. Was there an injury? A, a little I niggle already. I mean, they won't – they'll keep it quiet until after the match, but um, – <laughs> Yeah, so I think Australia from here, if they can get a lead up around 300, then they should feel pretty confident that they can defend it. Um, do you do you agree, guys? I think you need. Well, three, I, need I think you need to try to get as close to 300 as you can. Yeah, um, and I think the bowling conditions I think will be pretty good on the last three days when there is going to be play. I think it'll be quite uh, damp, uh, overcast conditions. So a total in that region will be very hard to chase, I believe. Yeah, man, I don't think you or us, I don't think we're going to have it easy. I think it might go down to the wire. I mean, obviously, when Stokes is in there and he's swinging, you know, who knows knows what can happen. And Cummins throwing the fielders everywhere, scratching his head. I can't go through it again, man. I really hope they have a rethink of that, but it it doesn't really look like they're uh, they're going to do. All right, well. And, man, as we do. We did want to mention that uh, um, Charbel mentioned how, you know, Johnny Bairstow's just seems completely lost at sea. There was a very, yeah. very funny post-try celebration in the rugby league last night when <laughs> they totally mocked the dismissal of um, Bairstow at Lords. And I think it's, it just sort of goes to show that, you know, the absolute ridicule and disdain that Bairstow is being seen within Australia now. I mean, coming up with a ridiculous excuse like that when they, when he'd just done it, you know, before. It just, it's it's quite interesting when you sort of see the reaction to that and also to just how everybody kind of is looking at it. I mean, it, it's obviously gone viral on social. It's it's a fantastic um, piece of footage, Canberra Raiders in the NRL. You'll be able to find it. But I just I just, I just just thought, man, is it, it, for me, it kind of told me, told me how much the, um, you know, Ridicule, ridicule that, that, that we thought that um you know that that the that Vesto's poured on himself and also you know I think from the very start England offered up excuses they felt that first game was a win the first match was a win um and yeah so Vesto's coming out with those you know excuses in the second um test when yeah, obviously it was an interesting moment but it, it was one of many wasn't it that swung the test and now they're coming out with injury excuses you know um they were going on and on and about at the coverage last night and then as i just did some research before the podcast and i've actually realized that the english cricket team isn't the first cramming team in history to suffer injury in sports so um, <laughs> just, just, it, guess it, what it happened in, guess what happened in the very last test match who got injured exactly. for us 
Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, what a great oh, way man. to leave it. Great way oh, to leave it. So that was Thanks. a bit of mad matters for you, mate. Mad no, no, I loved it. No, no, England, England, in their point of view, are like three 0 up in the Ashes right now. Mm. Um, I feel basketball's, like basketball's <laughs> winning. Um, all right, well, Shabal, thanks so much for joining me for our day two wrap. Where can the listeners find your show and find you? Yeah, you can find me at uh, Crick Blog TV on YouTube. So we did do actually a piece on the whole Alex Carey, Johnny Bairstow controversy, which I don't think it's a controversy at all. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Crick underscore blog. Uh, find me there. Um, Thanks, and, great uh, stuff. And the blog itself, it's crickblog.net where we cover the game. Perfect. And Macca, I'm, sure, I'm sure the listeners can find you, what, at a Roosters game or <laughs> on realestate.com.au, somewhere like that. That's it, mate. Thanks a lot, man. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Jabal. Thanks, Thanks everybody, everybody, for listening. Thank and you. we'll be back with a wrap of day three. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.